Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, my name's Chris, and always I talk about games. Um, first up, massive apologies. I knew I was trying to be more frequent in my podcasts, but um, life has again got in the way. Lots of work and time constraints, and um, yeah, I've just had to try and balance a lot of things. And unfortunately, uh, the podcast on YouTube has kind of taking a back seat a little bit but um yes i am back with another podcast today so i'm gonna talk about some of the big news recently and then talk about my recent time at edx um yeah so first up news okay so we have one kind of big news thing i'm going to cover this time which is the fact that the activision blizzard deal is officially closed they have um at the time recording about a week ago confirmed that they've sealed the deal the tma uh ruling came back that they approved it with the changes they've made um obviously the changes being that activision blizzard games will be the streaming rights will be sold to ubisoft for 15 years and then ubisoft can distribute the streaming rights as they see fit uh, so obviously Ubisoft wanted to make back the money they spent on those rights. Um, it allows Xbox to pay Ubisoft to put the stuff on streaming. So I uh, kind of uh, swings around about seeing there. Um, but yes, it is officially closed. Activision Blizzard have sealed the deal. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um Phil Spencer from Xbox has been on the Xbox podcast this week and he's talking about how much of a journey it's been. Um, a lot of people were kind of expecting a big drop of Activision Blizzard games onto Game Pass um, as soon as the deal was done. Um, that isn't going to be happening and Phil Spencer did kind of explain why. Um, especially with the Cinemax and Bethesda deal. Um they could kind of time that. They knew when the outcome was going to be. They could plan for it, and they could, because there wasn't really much competition, much opposition to it. They could kind of get cracking at it straight away, kind of thing. And when it's just done and dusted, they could do it. But because of the whole CMA situation and not knowing if it would actually get closed and approved, uh, Microsoft did um, hold off on starting the process or couldn't start the process of getting ready for Game Pass. And there's some work going behind it. They said that a lot of things they have to do behind the scenes to make sure they can add them on. And it is looking that it will be 2024 before we do get the first lot of Activision Blizzard games hitting uh, Game Pass. Um, but yeah, it is a massive deal that it's gone through. And Phil Spencer has hinted that just because they've got the franchises doesn't mean they'll necessarily use them. 
Uh, one of the big things they've earned, especially, I think, doubly so from this year in Redfall, is making sure the team are dedicated and passionate about what they're working on. It's one of the things that came from Redfall is I think a lot of the developers kind of hoped it would get cancelled because they weren't all in with uh, the type of game they're making. And I think ultimately that showed in the end products, I think... Microsoft, uh, Phil Spencer has said he's going to talk to the studios, get to know the studios, see what they're passionate about making, and then go from there with what he gives them to make and what kind of games he gets them to make. Because obviously there are some big franchises. You've got Tony Hawk's, you've got uh, Crash, you've got Spyro. Um, even what Microsoft already has in their back catalogue, they've got stuff like Banjo-Kazooie. And when they got Toys from Bob's... Uh, toys... For Bob by uh, in the Activision deal that were the developers, um, that team could potentially be a fit for Banjo Kazooie if they want to make have a go at doing a Banjo Kazooie game. Um, but yeah, uh, that is something that they have said that they are going to look at what franchises they've got, and then look at what teams they've got and who's best suited to make the games and um, who's passionate about making those kind of games and. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see which brands he does bring back. Um, but yeah, it is a very interesting time in gaming. and be very interesting to see what happens with it. Um, Phil Spencer did go on the record as well and saying he's got no interest in taking Call of Duty away from any players. Um, he's having best power, the closest parity he can across all systems. Um so obviously, due to hardware limitations, he can't be exactly the same on each system, but it will be the best they can make it. Um, and, yeah, like, there's not going to be any exclusive X things for Xbox. There's not going to be uh, exclusive timing things, because he did point out, obviously, with the beta for this year's entry, um... Xbox was excluded from the first weekend of the beta, and it's the second weekend where Xbox got added in. Um, so yeah, it says they're not going to have any time exclusives, they're not going to have anything that's exclusive, and again, committed to making the games the best they can be on the hardware that they're running on. Um, so yeah, I think Call of Duty, for those of you concerned about the future of that franchise, from Phil Spencer's comments at the very least... Um, it seems to be in the safe hands um, and I think it would be very much like a Minecraft situation Minecraft makes Microsoft so much money and it's more most popular on the Nintendo Switch um, I think in Japan it's not left the top 10 sales charts in probably over well over a year um, on the Nintendo Switch version so yeah Minecraft is doing pretty well for <clears throat> Microsoft and other consoles and a big money maker for them so I'm expecting them to have the same kind of approach with Call of Duty keep it multi format get that money in um, obviously once the 10 years is up that may all change uh, Microsoft may move away from the annual releases like maybe make it every two years because um, I know one thing of Activision is a massive crunch to get all out so a lot of the development teams are pulled across to help get Call of Duty finished off. Um, 
So depending on how they treat the studios now will depend on how well um, the Call of Duty release pattern holds or whether they do make it less often or whether they find a way to get it out every year still. Um, that's where it starts getting a bit uncertain a bit and entering the unknown a bit more, but yeah, very much Microsoft is gearing up to do some of Activision Blizzard. Um, as also part of that, Bobby Kotek has announced that he will be leaving the company at the end of the year. So at uh, the end of December, Bobby Kotek will be leaving Activision Blizzard. Um, he's having a transition period. This was expected, but I think he is getting a kind of generous kind of leaving package. So, um, so yeah, I think he's done with his job and stepping, stepping away from the company. Um, after all the scandal a couple of years ago, I think a lot of people um, are not super surprised by that revelation. Um, and I was expected that it would be out once the deal went through, so good to see that is being followed through on. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much the news. That's the big news story that has come out in the last probably month or so. Um, probably some other bits, but I am kind of trying to get focused and concise for you guys. So yeah, on to the main part of today's show. Okay, so EGX in London was at the time of recording last weekend, so it was like the uh, 12th to the 14th, or 12th to the 15th, sorry, that we were in London for it. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty good show. Um... Unfortunately, I don't think EGX has quite recovered to where it was before COVID. Um, the last couple of years have been a little bit lacklustre. Um, uh, last year was only a few big games, whereas this year did seem to step up a bit. They had a few more games, like Sega had a really big stand. Um, they had a lot of games on show. Um, Nintendo had a bit more of a presence. Last year, Nintendo really kind of just had the tournament zone and like some already released games on demo stations. Whereas this year, Nintendo's end was purely just showing off Super Mario Bros. Uh, Wonder. Um, but it they had a lot of booze and a lot of people, a lot of opportunity for people to play the game. So. So yeah, Nintendo were there with a bit of a presence. Uh, Ubisoft were there with Prince of Persia. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 was there. Um, Xbox had a kind of presence in partnership with a gaming seat brand where they're showing off Forza Motorsports um, to, to not have a competition where you could use the um, gaming chair and steering wheel set up to try and take the best lap time. So it was there in a fashion. Um, Sony wasn't there in terms of their own booth. Um, Square Enix didn't have much there, or very. Uh, Square Enix didn't have a big presence at all. Um, the shame is, I did see adverts around saying that they're bringing um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth to. MCM Comic Con, which is coming up 
shortly. Um, that was the kind of disappointing thing, the fact that um, it was kind of very much... Um, they skipped out EGX to do MCM. I know a lot of companies will have the opportunity to pay to, to do one out of the two. And Comic-Con potentially might have the bigger uh, crowds. Um, but yeah, it is interesting to see EGX starting to get a bit bigger again. Um, and yeah, they had quite a few cool games. I really enjoyed myself. Had some time in the retro network show section. So I did the... I played on House of Dead 2 on the Dreamcast with a light gun. Uh, Donkey Konga. Um, the original Pikmin on the GameCube. But the retro station's retro area is great because you've got a load of old-fashioned stuff. Got board game areas. We played uh, Villainous. And we had... One of our friends was doing a lot of... Um, you go card collecting because I had like people selling cards really cheap, so like rares and non-rares for pretty cheap uh, money value. So I think Alex more than happy pick up a load of cards there. Also had like the retro, uh, no the merch station. Um, also had the res section, which is all like the indie games. They had the theatre, had the um, the careers fair. Um, yeah, so there's a lot going on there. Uh, I went to my first thing in the theatre this year, which was a 25th anniversary celebration of Banjo-Kazooie. So I had three of the development team and um, Grant Kirkhope, who was the composer. Um, so they were all there. They were kind of talking through uh, their memories of making Banjo-Kazooie um, and how some of the kind of culture of the development team helped um, with the character of the game and kind of like the humour and the feel of the game and like the challenges they had um, and what they had um, going through trying to get Banjo-Kazooie done and the fact that um, they're all petrified to Nintendo that they wouldn't be able to hit the original release date for Banjo Kazooie. Um, it was like how, um, yeah, so there's lots of fire stories, lots of interesting bits about things that changed. Um, I think a few of them did say they weren't really aware of Banjo coming to Smash until like the day before because Grant Kirkhope had signed a NDA about the fact he'd done the. The music, but I think he kind of hinted to the guys that want to watch the Nintendo Direct. And Kai... I don't think he actually told him, but Kai hinted that something Banjo-related could be there. Um, so yeah, that was kind of fun. And I don't know if I should have said that, but it's probably online if they streamed the... Because uh, I think they streamed all the theatre bits. Um yeah, I'm going to talk through a lot of the games that I played because I did play some pretty awesome games. Um, going to go through more in alphabetical order because I think it's as easy because I've got the list of the games up so I can go through what I play and give my thoughts on them. Um, so there isn't any kind of preference, isn't any kind of area or genre. Um, it's just literally going from 
A to, A to Z of games I played and what I really enjoyed. Um, so first up is a game called Amp. It is a indie game. I think it's like one or two guys working on it. Um, and it is coming to Steam and Switch, I believe. Um, and yeah, it is a pure soldier uh, play for me. Um, I am quite a big fan of Res, which originally came out on the Dreamcast. Obviously, mate, had a bit of a second life on uh, Xbox Live Arcade and kind of the Xbox stores. Um, and PS, also PSVR, then did a uh, VR version of it. Um, but Res is kind of like a rhythm action game, but well, like a rhythm shooter, but it's in like a wireframe world so amp kind of takes that aesthetic but kind of mixing a bit of star fox as well um so a lot of the kind of music design uh sound design and um feel the game is very res but you do have the elements from star fox so the vehicle you are um controlling is very much uh almost like an r-ring um and uh, I think you can unlock certain different routes and things like that by like similar to how you did in Star Fox. Um but yeah that's a lot of fun. Like I say, pure nostalgia blast for me. Um and it is kind of they're looking for next year, next summer to hopefully get it out. Uh, but AMP is one to keep an eye on um in my um, my opinion. Um, next up was Billy Bust Up. Billy Bust Up is a platformer. Uh, lots of um, yeah, lots of different looks at all that inspiration. So use elements of Spyro, Crash, like Mario, three D Mario games, uh, and the three D platformer. Um. It's also kind of got a animated fil- film kind of inspiration from it. Um, best kind of illustrated by the kind of Boston County hat in the in the in the demo that you played, um, where effectively the, the boss character sings a song about always going to kill you. You're running through the Devil Cart Crash Bandicoot style, where you're running towards the screen. You know, like the old chase sequences in Crash Bandicoot where you're running and avoiding the obstacles. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool, seeing a song and it related to what you're passing by in the level and how they can kill you with certain things. Um, so it's very fun. Um, Matt from the Game Junkies pod did also said pretty camp, but I absolutely loved it. The song has been living rent-free in my head for about the last week. Um yeah, so it is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, quite responsive. Billy is a kind of goat character. And you have like a little fox that's with you. Um, it's kind of like a pet fox, not like a Tails kind of character. Um, but yeah, it was pretty responsive, pretty funny. Um, so I think some of the times when you're running, like it had little visual effects where the level t- would change. So like... All of a sudden, like alternative ninety degrees or one hundred eighty degrees, so you'd be like upside, like 
it will turn your kind of view upside down. So you're running along. It looks like you're long, running along the ceiling. Um, or like we'll go to the side, and you're as if you're running on the side of the um, side of the screen. Um, just try, trying to disorientate you, but it's a lot of fun. Nice, cool little mechanic. Um, yeah, one to watch. The only shame is it's only confirmed for Steam at the moment. I did manage to talk to some of the developers, and I think Steam's are confirmed, and they are hoping to get to consoles potentially at a later date. Um, but there's nothing they could say uh, for definite because it's not guaranteed. Um, but that was pretty cool, pretty fun. Um, and didn't have a set release window yet. Uh, they're still working through it. They did say that the demo was an earlier build, so stuff has changed, but the kind of song and kind of that kind of aspect to it hasn't changed. So they said the game has gone through some changes. So hopefully they change for the better because I did absolutely love it. I did play it like three times, three different times throughout the weekend. Um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, next up was uh, Deceit 2. Uh, Deceit is a kind of Among Us style game where it's kind of mixed with a first person shooter though. So you kind of uh, played as part of a team and you're kind of wandering around with uh, two infected and six innocents. So you had to kind of go around, survive and try to vote out the um, the infected. And by working out who the, all the infected are, you could then um, win the game or lose the game if you're getting infected or the infected uh, don't get voted out. Um, yeah, interesting mechanics. Um, I played it once. I kind of wish I'd managed to get on it again because it was a PC game, so... First I played it was with uh, mouse and keyboard, which I'm not a PC gamer, so didn't feel intuitive to play for me. So um, I did have some screens that had control pads with them, so um, I think I would have tr liked to try to play with a controller, but um, in terms of organising and timing, didn't work out to get on it again, unfortunately. Um, Next up, uh, I did go do a lap on Forza Motorsport. Um, like I say, Xbox did technically have a presence this year. Um, it was in cooperation with uh, PlaySeat. Um, and, um, and basically, like, it was a, um, just a quick two-lap two lap blast. Uh, playing Forza Motorsport really did make me realise that I definitely enjoy the Horizon games more than the Simulator ones. Uh, the, the Motorsport games are kind of very... Um, yeah, I don't really enjoy the simulation. I prefer the more arca arcadey approach that Horizon has, so um, definitely a preference for the Horizon games. Um, but it wasn't bad, I enjoyed it. And also, it's the first time really using a... Um, using a kind of steering wheel and pedals for Forza. Um, I don't tend to do the accessories like that. I just use the controllers normally. 
So, like, the two laps was a bit kind of... Took a while to get used to. Um, but, yeah, fairly decent game. If you enjoy your uh, game simulator or, like, your racing simulators, definitely worth getting Forza Motorsports, I think. Uh, they look great. Um, but, yeah, I didn't get to see much of it, though, because, obviously, it's just, it was... One course, he did the same course for everyone to try and get... Because they had a lap time competition. Um, so I was like 10 seconds behind the... Um, the best in our group, Alex from the Game Junkies pod. He imagined uh, that 123 and I ended up on 133. So, not horrific, but... Um, yeah, it was all right. Um... Next game up I have uh I played was uh Gory Cuddly Carnage. Um this is a pretty cool sci-fi kind of game. It's like a post-apocalyptic earth, um where you play a hoverboarding cat, effectively. Um uh the cat's kind of an interesting character, it doesn't speak, it's literally just meows. Um but your hoverboard speaks, the the ship's computer speaks, um and it's like it's pretty crazy, pretty cool. Like you go around defeating these unicorn style enemies. Um Yeah, so it's very very cool, quite funny. Um it's not for kids, there are quite a few F bombs and swear words thrown into the dialogue. Um like it does beep things out or kind of miss letters out, but it doesn't leave anything to imagination what words it's saying. Um but yeah, it's pretty cool. Did um, the demo is quite long? You're there for about thirty five minutes, playing through like uh, part of the story where you had like set up and then going through the city and then um, taking on a boss character. Um, yeah, it is kind of pretty crazy. Um, definitely one I am looking to try and uh, play more of. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely worth checking out. It is like an indie game, so it will, and it is coming to most consoles, I think. I know Switch is one of the ones it's definitely coming to. Um, I probably would look to maybe Xbox or PlayStation. Um, this is quite a nice looking game, to be fair. Um, and you've got like, with your hoverboard and grind across stuff, you can do tricks off signs and everything to build up, uh, charge for your, for your hoverboard. Uh, to do your attacks, you have to build up charge to be able to attack them. So, yeah, quite a bit of tactics in the combat. Um, some really interesting character designs and um, and like names for the enemies. Like I can't, I can't have sit away from my mind. But some of the names I had for the enemies were pretty cool. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, I uh, got to go uh, hands-on with Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, I've not played Like a Dragon before. Or like, it's, like a Dragon's basically the, the Yakuza series. Um, I think they're going with the name Like a Dragon in the West now. Um, so I think that's the branding that's worked best in America. So they have kind of looked to move to that kind of branding. Uh, so yes, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is out beginning of next year. Um, very much a 
fun game. Like I said, I've not played the series before. I have watched Matt from Game Junkies play it before. And I've found it quite an interesting concept. Um, actually playing through the game is pretty cool. Uh, this uh, installment takes you over to Hawaii. Um, and yeah, the combat was really cool, really fun. Good kind of combos. Um, and quite spectacular moves. So yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. I had a 20-minute demo, so I played through exploring the city, taking on uh, gangs and thugs. Uh, you can earn job, or like you can learn jobs and t- like job roles. So I'm not getting like aquanaut, which meant you could do stuff in the, in the oceans around. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of stuff to do there. Um, and then next on the list is Persona 3 Reload. Um, never played Persona 3 before, I have, um, added it on Game Pass, I do need to get stuck into that, but I thought I'd give Reload, uh, Reload a go, and I did actually quite enjoy it, um, very much done a Persona 5 approach to the kind of combat and how that all works, um, uh, music of course of Persona is great, um looked really cool um kind of forgot how dark persona was until i started playing the demo i was like oh yeah this is a persona game um so when you use your personas it kind of the animations are a bit like oh okay um so a bit of a warning if you are kind of triggered by um i think yeah suicidal thoughts probably the best way to put it but it kind of Pretty much when you summon a persona, you pour a gun on yourself. Um, you don't shoot yourself or see any of that actions, but that's kind of what triggers the persona coming out. Um, so yeah, just a bit of a potential trigger warning for Persona 3 Reload. Like It has got some graphic content, even though it's cartoony and quite animated and kind of doesn't make a big deal of it in a way but it's just kind of it is there so it's just like if you are kind of wary of dark stuff like that probably worth kind of keeping an eye on that um they also have persona 5 tactical there which is out in november um so this is the um tactical game in the persona 5 uh universe that has Persona 5 characters has a couple of new characters. Um, managed to use one of the new characters arena in this um, this instance. Um, very much plays like a traditional tactics game. Um, there are some really interesting strategic stuff you can do. Like if you manage to surround the enemies in a triangle, you can launch special attacks on them, stuff like that. So, so yeah, lots of things there like a yeah because you get like an all-out attack kind of move if you surround them um yeah music absolutely fantastic um and like i say we only got 20 minutes in it so you got like two battle experiences um you didn't quite finish the second one a lot of the time but yeah it was a fun play and don't know what i'm looking out for um the game that was announced quite late but i was quite Happy and surprised to see that was Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Um, 
Yeah, it is a 2D style Prince of Persia, going back to the origins of the game. Um, it's great to see the Prince of Persia franchise back. I know they are working on the... Um, they are working on the um, remake of Sands of Time. Um, but I have, once I realised how much of a big deal it is for fans, I've kind of taken it back into a development and restarted it. Uh, just to make sure they kind of bring out how people are expecting it. So that has been indefinitely delayed. But Lost Crown is pretty fun. Um, quite intricate gameplay. Um, and the um, combat's quite good. Um, like a lot of kind of. It's one of those games where it's difficult, but if you do lose your life, you can't really blame anyone but yourself. Um, so it's kind of one of those kind of games where you have to try to learn how to defeat the different enemies um, and the best way to get past them. And. Yeah, so there's one that's out in beginning of next year. I probably wouldn't go straight for it. I might wait a bit and see if it drops in price. Um, as I'll be saying, it's going to be a bad game. It's just the type of games I like to play. And um, obviously money, can't make sure I can afford it. So if it goes on sale further down the line, yeah, I'll probably check it out. But um, yeah, definitely worth... Checking out if you do enjoy Prince of Persia and like the 2D kind of games. It's a bit, yeah, a bit Souls-like, I think. So, <clears throat> so like, you will die a few times. But this is why you learn the best way to get through certain such scenarios or enemies. Um, but yeah, it's a pleasant surprise to see them there. And it did seem to get busier as the weekend, weekend on, went, on, went on. So, yeah. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, then we went to Sonic Superstars. Obviously came out the Tuesday after EJX finished. Um, so this gave us the opportunity to play through the uh, first two zones, which was Bridge Island and uh, Speed Jungle. Um, so you, you got to choose which zone you want to play through. So you get to choose one or the other. Um and yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I think it handles really well for Sonic game. And I was quite happy with what I played of it. I know it is... Like, I've played it on my YouTube channel now because it has come out in the time since I... Um, has come out in the time since EGX. So I have played the full game, uh, filmed some of my gameplay and put it out there. So... Uh, feel free to check out the video um, on my YouTube channel. It is there. Um, and, yeah, so that's it on Sonic 6 Stars. Like you say, you can see my thoughts on the full game on my YouTube channel. But enjoyed the well played at the demo uh, EGX. Um, one cool thing they had at EGX is if you ever follow Sega on... Facebook or the social medias, you would have seen that earlier in the year in August, they'd started um, refurbishing the classic Sega World Sonic statue that used to be in London in the Trocadero. Um, they actually had that at EGX, they've taken it around to different 
expos and it was at EGX. So it's really cool to see that with the spinning globe on his finger and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that was cool to see there. A nice little photo up. And at the weekend, they actually had Sonic the Hedgehog out as well, which is pretty cool. Um, next game I played was Stampede Racing Royale. Um, that is a Fallout Guys style Mario Kart, basically. So it's a battle royale. Um, you have to place in the top certain amounts on each round to get through. Um, it's a mixture of kind of racing and battle courses or battle events. Um, on my playthrough, I did just get three races, which is pretty cool. Um, it's pretty interesting um, race courses. Um, Seems to play pretty all right. Um, I think it is just on Steam. Um, but it, yeah, if you're after a pretty cool kart racer, um, so like a bit of a Fallout vibe, then yes, definitely check it out. Um, could do a lot worse. Um, so yeah, give that a go. And then uh, last up for what I played is, of course, Super Mario Wonder. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder was the one game that Nintendo was showing off at EGX. Uh, so there's plenty of stands, loads of opportunities to play it. Um, and yes, uh, it's come out today at the time of recording, but I'm not chancing on it yet, so um, that will be something I'll tackle probably Sunday, so it'll be after the podcast comes out, hopefully. Um, but yeah, Super Mario Wonder, the devils we played were really kind of Really cool, really imaginative. Lots of different changes to the Mario formula. Um, seems to be a lot more about exploration. That's another thing I think I covered in my Sonic Superstars video on YouTube. Is a lot like exploration. Like levels have got a lot to learn. Uh, lots of different things to look at and work out and puzzles. Like certain areas you can get by doing certain things. Um, a lot of it's not actually remembering you can do stuff like. If you're like the elephant, get the elephant power up. You can actually push pipes if they're freestanding. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of stuff to try and get your head around. Um, the one seed events are pretty crazy. There's a lot of different stuff that happens. Um, so yeah, it is a big evolution in the Mario or 2D Mario franchise. Adds a a whole new freshness into it. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, I know it's been rocking it on Metacritic. I know earlier this week it was at 93. I don't know if it still is. But I know last time I checked it was sitting about 93 Metacritic scores. So, yeah, very strong entry for those 2D Mario Brothers games. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people are saying expect the unexpected with it. And that's certainly true. So the level's replayed. Um, so other stuff we played because it's fairly early game stuff has been in the trailers so uh, we did do some other stuff that had been in trailers so um, I think a lot of the trailer footage was early game or like when you first start getting the power-ups so that's one thing to bear in mind that the early game might feel like stuff you've seen before but it's because that's what I showed in the trailers um, but yeah very much enjoyable game. Really, really um, uh, responsive controls and whole new level of character. Kind of like 
the animations, the kind of feel of the game. There's a lot of character added into it. So, yeah, definitely one to check out as well there. Um, it is out now. So, yeah, definitely worth checking. But, yeah, that is the list of the games that I spent quite a bit of time on at EGX. Um, absolutely loved being able to go hands-on with a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, please do... Uh, Check out some other games I've mentioned, like Amp, B, Bust Up, uh, Gory. All kind of like ones to watch on the indie front. Um, and yeah, like I've enjoyed what I've played as Sonic Superstar so far. Can't wait to get stuck into Maybe Brothers Wonder properly. And yeah, so that, and yeah, I think I'm going to probably check out Like a Dragon, especially if it comes to Game Pass. The two percent of games are coming to Game Pass. I will be checking those out uh, fully on Game Pass, so that'll be a lot of fun to get stuck into. Um, but yeah, so that kind of wraps up my talk through of EGX. Like I say, it was really good to see a bit more there this year. Uh, last year, they did have a few big games, but there was literally like three big games, a lot of indie stuff. Whereas this year it was more of a presence. Like Sega had an amazing presence. Had a, like two Yakuza games, the two Persona games, Sonic Superstars. Uh, had a great amount of stuff there. Um, so yeah, definitely worth a check. Um, and hopefully next year continues to build more. Because they are going back. They have announced to do next year and it will be September next year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up what I was saying. Um, in terms of what I've been playing, I've just been playing a lot of stuff from EGX. Um, a little bit of Animal Crossing, quite a bit of Vampire Survivor. Been really enjoying that, getting stuck into that. Um, the bit of Disney Speed Storm, I haven't recorded a footage of Disney Speed Storm. But it has gone free to play, so I've been playing that a little bit. Um, yeah, a bit of Mario Kart. I've been trying to go through the Cups of Mario Kart and get three stars and as many of them as I can. Um, so I'm working through all the Cups 100cc to try and get those boxed off. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up what I've been doing. Don't forget to check out Game Junkies. I know I've been on myself, they've been a bit chaotic and not had chance to get much down in terms of proper episodes but i have got the dungeons and uh dungeons and junkies podcast which is their kind of D podcast so that is still going strong they've got plenty of content coming up um so very much uh one to check out if you enjoy D content um I am planning to try and be back as regularly as I can be. Um, I'm not going to make any promises because I don't know how um, realistic it's going to be sometimes. But definitely something I am looking to do more of. Um, as always, you can check out my YouTube. Um, YouTube.com forward slash ChrisReactor1. Um, I have got some gameplay footage on that. One thing I've just remembered I have been playing is uh, Bum Rush Cyberfunk, absolutely loved the Jet Set Radio series. So I did uh, decide to splash out and check out Bum Funk Cyber Rush. Or Bum Rush Cyberfunk. I always get the name mixed up. 
by my cyberpunk sorry and yeah i've really enjoyed what i played it so far um yeah don't forget to uh, check out my youtube um i do share all my youtube channels to all your youtube videos to my uh twitter x account so find me on x as it is now uh at chris 37 uh yeah so that's my my x account uh if you are looking for my youtube all my videos are are shared on there so it's ready to be able to find my content is to go on there and click um but yeah thank you for listening guys sorry it has been so long since my last um podcast um i am very much apologetic for that and i do really want to try and get stuff out more regularly but it's just been a little bit of a excuse the french clusterfuck with work and stuff going on and trying to get everything fit in so um so yeah with all that i will have to try my best to get more stuff done um but yeah thank you for listening we made it to the end you text until next time speak soon bye This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.